in a world where Mad Lab Theater. What are you doing? Making the Mad Lab ad for Cinema Wheeler Tay. Oh, here's my other one. Susan thought it was just another day, and then she met Mad Lab. Why don't you just say that Mad Lab is the new works theater in downtown Columbus, featuring hilarious comedies, powerful dramas, improv with FFN, the annual Young Writers Festival, and the longest running shorts festival in central Ohio, Theater Roulette. That sounds pretty awesome, especially when I do it over the Star Wars theme. Star Wars is always a good choice. Mad Lab, the original. For more information, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit us at madlab.net. Episode of Cinema, Cinema Wheeler Tay. It's uh, Sean, Tony, and Scott once again. Hello, everyone. Hello. And uh, we're joined by a very special guest. Uh, <laughs> if it weren't for this guest, two of these people wouldn't be here. Yeah, none of us would have been. Some of the executive producer, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, it's our father. Who are in heaven. Who are in heaven. Ed Wheeler. How would be that name? Hello. Happy holidays, everyone. Ah. Well, thanks for joining us, Dad. Uh, and the movie we're going to go over today is is one that uh, at least three of us, I know for sure, at the table have watched several times together over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably a holiday favorite in the Wheeler household, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, A Christmas Story from 1983, uh, directed by a guy named Bob Clark and written by a man named Gene Shepard. So, uh, yeah, great film. Great film indeed. Classic. <laughs> and I think it's also worth noting that we had the great joy and pleasure of seeing the Christmas Story House just yesterday in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, we did the tour, and it was a lot of fun. It was really a really fun thing to see, and definitely got us in the mood for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, they've designed this uh, the house, the exterior. Uh, house from the original film and they've uh dedicated pretty much an entire street in cleveland (laughs) to the movie uh the whole house is now uh reflects the parker household uh and they do it in 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 terrific detail like i mean it's a very detailed thing i loved going through it they had the the red rider bb gun there they have uh of course the lamp (laughs) and the blue ball the blue ball yeah uh, Tony hid in the cabinet, just like uh, uh, Randy did in, in the film. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, the attention to detail in the home was ph- phenomenal. As soon as I walked in, I think the first thing I said was, oh, I like that antique cabinet. Uh, the antique furniture was really beautiful. If you get a chance to see it, I recommend it. And uh, I thought it was phenomenal. I also loved the phone in the upstairs hallway. And they played the segment of the movie where the yeah, the mom calls um, the neighbor. And complains about, you know, that Ralphie heard the bad word from her son. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. you hear that that conversation exchange when you pick up the phone, which I think is really well done. Yeah. And it's, of course, an antique phone in the home. It's Disney-level attraction quality. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I think so. I thought yeah. it was great. Yeah. Yeah. They, the house looks exactly the same. I mean, they, the interior is different because he is a set, you know, in the movie. But the, um, 
they get it as close as they can. It feels like the house, mm-hmm. but the most important thing. And then for five or ten bucks, depending on the day, you could see, you <laughs> could park in uh, Bumpus' uh, yard where the dogs were. Yeah. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It's it's really well done. I highly recommend anybody, if you live mm-hmm. in the Ohio or Northeast Ohio area, I highly recommend you check it out. Or even if you're not an Ohioan yeah. and you happen to be listening to this and you're looking for a travel destination. Yeah, yeah. if you're driving down Interstate 90 past Cleveland, it's <laughs> 10 minutes away, less than that. Probably. Yeah. Yes. So that's a shout out to that. Um, and of course, the movie it's based on is a classic too, I think. And... Uh, uh, it's probably my favorite Christmas movie. If I had to pick one Christmas movie, this would be it. Like, uh, and I think it's a movie that kind of influenced my kind of way of looking at comedy too, in a way, because it has such a dry, mm-hmm. uh, ironic sensibility to it. Yeah. You know, it's it's not prior to this. I think Christmas movies were a little bit more sincere. You know, or sentimental. wear their heart on their mm-hmm. sleeve. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, yeah. it's a wonderful life comes to mind as the quintessential Christmas movie, which is my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. um, but I think this kind of turned things on its on its ear because uh, nothing went well here. This was a little <laughs> more cynical take on Christmas. It was probably in a way more realistic take on Christmas for a lot of people who came yeah. from like middle class, you know, working class. working class homes, uh, where. Uh, you know, you're you're adamantly you want a gift. You're anticipating getting a gift. You're going, you're trying to negotiate to find a way to get that gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's kind just, of a universal story. Every every yeah. kid can can mm-hmm. relate to wanting a gift and not getting a gift, and you know, it, it, it's mm-hmm. it, it's a lot of fun. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, we all have that one particular Christmas that we probably remember where we were coming of the age, you know, around eight, mm-hmm. nine years old, when you're not really a child anymore, um, you're not a teenager, but you're very aware of what's going on. You know Santa's not real, no. you know, for the most part, um, but you still believe in that Christmas magic, and you still have that sense of innocence, and that's one of the things that I really loved about it, aside from the humor, which I just think is fantastic, because... Uh, you have Gene Shepard's voice, who is supposed to be like an older Ralphie, sort of looking back. Um, it's it's definitely a lot of fun and very nostalgic, and I think it hits home with a lot of people for many reasons. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, and uh, I'd like the like I remember the very first time. I think the three of us at this table probably share the same experience. I'll check in with you guys, but I remember watching this when I was. Uh, uh, it was a, like Thanksgiving over my Aunt Judy Parrish's house. Uh, um, Judy's probably one of the funniest people I know. I don't know if I mentioned her yeah, in the shout podcast. Out, shout <laughs> out to my, my sister. <laughs> yeah, my dad's sister, Judy. Uh, they had rented a Christmas story at Thanksgiving, their family, and I had never heard of it before. I'm like, what is a Christmas story? I and mean, it seems like a B movie. And we ended up watching it, and I, and I, and I loved it, you know, and it's like, where did this come from? And then I think you guys uh, either watched it at the same time, Scott and Dad. Or not? Did, did you guys have that same recollection? Or yeah, I, I remember I hadn't seen it in the '80s. Um, you know, well after the movie was actually released, so it would probably be that. That would probably be the first time I saw it. Is you know, Aunt Judy, that and The Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know the two movies that I can't remember not knowing, but I do remember. You know, 
Yeah, it was the the Princess Bride. I know we we saw. I think I my no, I mean faulty recollection here maybe, but uh, I think it was Judy's in Michigan, and I know I didn't see a Christmas story for the first time, you know, in our house. So mm-hmm. it had to been it had to been somewhere else. But you know, talking about the 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 classics, I think it's replaced. Probably Miracle on 34th Street for me, which is another really good, mm-hmm. the, the original, the not Natalie. the, yeah, not, yeah, not the, Natalie Wood, yeah, Natalie Wood, you know, <laughs> brings up my favorite <laughs> joke, what kind of wood doesn't float. I always say it's shameful. <laughs> Natalie. It's um, a good segue. Yeah, it is a good segue. <laughs> but I, I, I think it's probably my movie classic, you know, you can go to the TV classics and you have Charlie Brown and the Grinch in there, mm-hmm. but. It's something I need to see around the, around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I when and we you s- will see it. Yeah, you will. <laughs> <laughs> They'll play it for twenty four hours yeah. straight. Didn't they do point. it at Thanksgiving though? That's was it the marathon yeah. at Thanksgiving? I thought it was Thanksgiving, or at yeah. least it was in years past. It was Thanksgiving. No, it's Christmas. I know it's Christmas. Twenty four hours from midnight to midnight. Okay. Yeah, in they the do. Past, they've done Thanksgiving, and the reason I say that is the, the first time I really recall seeing this movie when I was in high school was on th- was mm. Thanksgiving. My um, my dad's second wife, um, her, her son, who is a little bit older, well, kind of much older than me, actually, this was like his favorite movie. And on Thanksgiving, he would literally sit in front of the TV and watch it yeah. on repeat, on repeat. And so he's like, I think you like this, Tony. You have a good sense of humor. I think you like it. And so I sat and watched it with him, and I thought it was really funny. But that was really the first time I really sat down and seen it because kind of like what you said, when I had seen... Um, previews on TV for it or whatnot. It just seemed like a campy B-movie. Like, I didn't really seem kind of... I don't know. We, I just never watched it. And then uh, Chris was like... Well, one, it was the only thing that was on TV that we were watching on yeah. repeat. So it was either watch that or not. So he's like, just sit and watch with me. He's like, I think you'd really enjoy it. I, I think the deal was that Turner picked it up with a package of 50 movies. And it was just kind of thrown in at the last minute. And all of a sudden, they did this marathon, mm-hmm. and it, you know, a marathon yeah. of anything will help get you more exposure. Absolutely, and and it was great for Thanksgiving because even though this is a Christmas story, it um, it's not so. It is set at Christmas time, and obviously, Christmas is the focal point of the, the driving point of the plot. But in some ways, it's kind of like a family movie too, in terms of how families are around the holidays. That's it. That's a, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, how school is around the holidays and how... Yeah, I want to ask you guys about that because my experience as a child fits very well into the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when you, Sean, you talked about the whole nostalgia thing. And, and it was it's a very nostalgic movie for me because that's... But I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys think about whether it's nostalgia for you or whether it's, it's looking at history for you guys. Um, I, that's a good question. Um, I, I think it's a combination of both in a way. Like, uh, I, I, I think there's aspects of this movie that are very universal. Um, because I, I think the take on the family is kind of like, it's a more cynical, realistic take. I wouldn't say cynical because cynical implies that like, this is a mean spirited mm-hmm. family, which it's not, yeah. but it's, it's, uh, it's more realistic. It has a more satirical take on like what families... Act- yeah, yeah, yeah. It has a more satirical take on what families actually go through during the holidays. It doesn't sugarcoat things. It's not father knows best. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, 
a very real take on on how families react to things as they happen during Christmas yeah. or how they handle yeah. or families react yeah. to things period it doesn't even yeah. have that right. resemble a Christmas season yeah to a degree um and I, I think there's a nostalgic part with the fashion and in in some instances it's very much in the 40s which I think mm-hmm. this movie's trying to convey that feeling yeah. but uh I don't think a movie like this would have ever been made in the 40s because <laughs> it's just too, yeah. you know, it's, too sophisticated. It, it's more like SNL and Lampoon. Mm-hmm. It has more in common with that than anything that would have been made in, yeah. in the 40s. It's what it was really like as opposed to, I think in a, it's a wonderful life, even though it depicts something negative. The family life is, you know, it's a struggle with the father, you know, in his own life. But, you know, the kids and everything are kind of idyllic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um... But I, I think it was, you know, it seems like family structure from till about the 80s and 90s was about the same. But now I think with there's so much information, you can access anything. So I think there's aspect like, you know, when he's trading with the, the Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you didn't know if you got a good deal or not because you didn't have access to no. all the information on, you know, no. all, whatever, what trees yeah. are going for. So you didn't know how much a tree was supposed to go for. So you're just, you know, get, trying to get a free rope. and <laughs> Right. That's exactly what you're trying yeah, to no, do. Them, them, everybody felt like, the, you yeah. know. Them your balsams. But nowadays, you can go online, you can see, okay. Trees are selling for this price, and you can go in, and well, it's really... Yeah. People don't use real trees. I mean, yeah. there's yeah, things that you got... The there's the, the reason I asked the question is because there were some things I didn't know that few guys could relate to. One was, cars not starting. Yeah. And, um, and, you my know, first car was a 1971 Mustang. I know okay. very well about yeah. cars not starting, being <laughs> flooded yeah. and being stranded. Yeah, so you, you know about that. And yeah. The other one was the, uh, uh, the whole notion of walking to school. Because yeah. I did. you know, did you walk to school? Sure now these guys didn't because they. I mean, we, I walked we to were work too. I was reasonable. just telling Laura and I were just talking about that. My first job before I bought the Mustang was about. A, I worked at a grocery store in the floral department, and it was exactly one mile from my house. And after school, I would walk to work, and then usually at night around eight, when my shift was over, my dad would come get me, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't walk home at night. But oh wow, the the, yeah. the, the when you talk about the the fashions, the the war, the costumes, the wardrobe, I thought they were perfect. And, yeah. and one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is Randy getting wrapped up in the yeah. and and the, the um, like mother couldn't pushing pushing the arms down and seeing him bounce back up and then pushing him down and then kind of looking him in the eye and you know mm-hmm. that was that was very real to me because our mother you know your grandma yeah. used to do that sort of thing. I mean, we get wrapped up and then yeah. we're out, you know, right. very concerned about that, but then we walk 20 miles to school, you know, well, not 20 miles, but we walk a half a mile to school yeah. and six inches of snow. Mm-hmm. Well, also, you know, you're walking to school with your friends, so you have this whole outside world that your parents have no, would never, you know, because it's just... <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. the kid's life and the Yeah, life yeah, and, and it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're um, there was definitely uh you know, well, and that's different. just it. One of the reasons I think it's really nostalgic is that, and I think a lot of people can relate to it, especially in a retrospective kind of way, more so than maybe when you're in the moment. Because I think if you're a nine-year-old kid watching it now, you're going to think it's dated and old and you may not get it. But if you're older and you look back, I think you can have a higher appreciation for it. Um, but that, but the whole kid's life element of it is, you know, Ralphie goes to school, there's the bully, he's got a school paper, a project to do. I mean, we all relate to that. We know what that's like, writing the papers and 
dealing with the boys in the schoolyard and peer pressure. They peer pressure the poor boy to stick in his tongue to the pole. And <laughs> then they all leave him. And Ralphie's like, the bell rang. I don't want to be late. You know, um, it's so relative to things that actually happen um, when you're a kid living that life, going, you know, going to school. Um, and so I really, I really like that about it. Now, I've always been an old soul and I've had a strong affection and appreciation for old things. So I do like the older element of it, you know, the fashion and the, the house and the old cars and just the sort of simplistic one-room schoolhouse kind yeah. of thing. Um, even though I didn't grow up in that time, I really like it, you know? Well, we went to the same school that my dad did, I think. Went yeah. to the same building, like elementary school. Same building. So, and I think the, I think the textbooks were the same, too. <laughs> I mean, they weren't really updated. No, they weren't. <laughs> and in high school, the teachers were the same. <laughs> yeah. So we had, a, we had pretty much the same experience. Um, now that, you know, schools have Twitter handles, like, you know, our high school has a Twitter feed. I just found out today. I was like, that's just so weird to me. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that myself. Yeah, it yeah. has a Twitter feed. And, you know, mm-hmm. there, I think there's... Number one, they have years of knowledge of what to teach kids, and I don't think we were writing themes. You know, I don't even know what the what that would teach. You know, what you want for what she graded on. He thought they were graded on what you wanted and how great it is. (laughs) It was. (laughs) He was. He was in. He was in the in the moment. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the one thing I always think about with movies, like how much of this is going to translate to future Mm -hmm. generations when you're watching people. Like this was a nostalgic film in the 1983 when it was released mm-hmm. um, and it was based on the 40s. So there was like maybe yeah. a 40 year gap between when this movie was released and uh, well, so yeah, when it was people. based in. The, know, a- the, the acting makes this film more universal. It does. Think, than, than that. But here's the thing, like, you know, people our age are showing their kids this movie, you know, as required viewing. And then they're watching it. And so the, the other kids, so there is this trickle down effect of people watching this movie. But so. I, I do wonder about future generations to come, like my niece and nephew who, you know, are seven and five, or, yeah, seven and five, I worry about them watching, the, really getting it, because they never grew up in a time where you didn't have electronics, and you didn't have things like that. They didn't, they just don't come from a simple place, you know, they get in their car and it drives them the cell, yeah. they have GPS and things like that. They couldn't relate to some of the really key things that happen in this movie, so I do worry if it will hold up in the long term for that reason. Not that it isn't a great movie, mm-hmm. but are people going to be nostalgic? Yeah, but, like, but are, are dads like the father? Yeah. Is, is that universal? Dads are younger. Yeah, dads aren't really like that anymore. I, I, it's weird though, because dads weren't dads younger back then because they were dads having kids. Older. Yeah, my, yeah. I mean, my dad looked old. My entire—I <laughs> don't know if I looked old, <laughs> you guys. No, I was, no, I no. was twenty four when twenty two when Sean was born, I think. Um, but it's a much would have been a much different movie with Jack Nicholson. Yes, it would have been. Uh, now we all know how much I love Jack Nicholson. So that's <laughs> a nice segue. Uh, but he was the original uh, casting choice for Bob Clark for the old man. Really? No, uh, I mean, it seems like this has happened several episodes where Jack Nicholson has been the first choice for something and that's not my well, doing. I mean, I, they want to sell I, a movie so it's the biggest star. Yeah. yeah. And I could see, in a, in a generic way, I could see why he would be someone they'd want for that role because he has that kind of 
cynical edge to him that with the furnace fighting and all that stuff and getting mad at the kid i could see why that would mm-hmm. would would play but when they got darren mcgavin which is an interesting place we're gonna go with either one of the biggest stars in the world or a character actor and that's nobody else in between that's that's strange but darren mcgavin i can't imagine anybody else in this role i mean he epitomizes yeah. the everyman that mm-hmm. you needed for that that role he's the reason it's one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. yeah it's fantastic performance, and he's hilarious in it. And um, his reactions, like when he's coming up after, like the, his 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 love of the lamp, that major his award, as he goes, his major award is just when, priceless. And when the lamp's broken, and he emerges from the basement with a cloud of black smoke behind yeah, him, that's. Yeah. I mean, I know Bob Clark gets, yeah. you know, panned in some circles, but to me, that's a magical moment. It is. And the other, the other magical moment for there's little moments in here like the one where she was pushing down mm-hmm. uh, Randy's thing. The other magical moment is when he gives the BB gun to spoiler alert. He gives mm-hmm. the BB gun to uh, Ralphie, yeah. and he's his body language is yeah. pouring the BB guns and everything. To me, that's a real touching. It is yeah, neat moment. Oh, I love that. I mean, that, that's one of my favorite moments in the movie. Is that that moment when he because you, you, you for most of the movie you think that uh, the father is completely detached from the situation, yeah. doesn't really react much to mm-hmm. the BB gun antics and all that stuff. Whenever it's brought up, but at the very end, he's the one who delivers and gets him mm-hmm. that that BB gun and. Yeah. <laughs> And he knew that he couldn't tell his mom about it because the mom would, would freak out. So he just decided to go rogue. Well, that's why. And well, it kind of looks. She kind of like looks surprised, and he looks at her, and he's like, "Oh, I had one." That I was like, <laughs> you know, I heard he said something. To Must that have been effect. Santa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Santa brought it. Must yeah, have and well, I just const- think that's sweet. Yeah. They're constantly undermining each other. The whole movie, the parents. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's <this> constant. <laughs> what happened next? Yeah, the movie, <laughs> controversy for decades. You know, they're they're. Uh, <laughs> And what I love about this movie, everything that happens, there's a consequence. You just don't get away with... He gets him a BB gun, and of course he shoots himself in the eye, mm-hmm. you know. He swears, he gets the yeah. soap, you know. But, he beats up the kid. He, the, the time he doesn't get it is, you know, where, you know, he beats. He stands yeah. up for himself, and his mom is like, you know... It, it was, I mean, first of all, yeah. the, this movie is, a, to, in my opinion, a much better movie for the fake swearing had it, rather yeah, than had yeah. it been real swearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the, interestingly, the only real swearing is Ralphie in the bathroom yes. after the crummy yeah. ad, <laughs> yeah. advertisement, son yeah. of a bitch, which is... But, but the, Darren... Uh, and, and another great... You know, we are talking about some of Gene Shepard's great dial, uh, yeah. dialogue yeah. and monologue was... Uh, yeah. my, what was it? My father wove together uh, profanity <laughs> like... <laughs> A tapestry. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was his favorite medium. It was his medium. He was a true master. It was a master of the medium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, The narration is the key to this movie. Uh, I think Gene Shepard's narration. He was a radio uh, personality for a long time, Mm -hmm. and I think that's the key to this movie. Is because the the funniest lines of the movie and the most quotable lines are the narration. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it's so influential. Like you know, the Wonder Years came out like about five years later, and. That was uh, based. Yeah. That 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 basically took that same t- device and. Yeah. and, and well, I forgot about that. But yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Like Daniel true. Stern doing the narration for the Wonder Years was similar. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's a mi- the, the thing that makes this movie classic in that it's a mixture of the narration with Peter Billingsley's reactions. The two of them. Yes. The marriage of the two is so perfect. You know, that's a tour de force performance for a kid. I, I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, the shock and amazement, and the you know the smile, that smile, and the you know you shoot your eye out, kid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
the scene when he does, he's like, oh no, I shut my eye out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, and then the way like Peter Bones is for his glasses, and when he steps on him, he's like, no. You know, it's just perfect. I just think that's what makes it so funny is that you have the narrator who's very um, invested and enthusiastic in the story because it's supposed to be him recalling his childhood, and then you have Peter Billingsley, who's an innocent little kid, playing up to all of that, you know, kind of heightening it. Um, and I think it makes it so funny. Yeah, Randy's annoying, but I think he's supposed yeah. to be annoying. Yeah. He's just an annoying little brother. He's supposed to... <laughs> Randy's annoying, but he, he's a perfect counterpoint for the Ralphie smile and, the, and yeah. the, you know. But Ralphie's moods are, are much more varied than than you think. Like standing at the end of the line in the mm -hmm. Christmas thing when that goofy kid with the goggles just kind of looks at him. He ignores him and then <laughs> he tells the witch to leave him alone. He's thinking. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know... I think it's a, one of the great child mm -hmm. performances of all time, and yeah. you know he's, you know, num up, way up there with, you know, I think uh, Colin McCall, uh, McCall, McCall yeah. Yeah. yes, thank you, uh, was great in Home Alone and Uncle Buck, yeah, yeah, uh, that we saw not too long ago. But Ralphie's yeah. really, really up there. Yeah, know? he is. I mean, he's uh, actually I, I like the character better than even like was Kevin McAllister in. Home Alone, yeah. yeah, because I think he's more relatable. Like the things he does are more realistic. Like he's just yeah. wanting to get a gift, a Red Ryder BB yeah. gun, and he's actually taking it very, very seriously. Which is why when that kid's in line with him, he's mm -hmm. just ignoring him. Like I'm tunnel vision. Like I'm focused right now on getting this this gun, and Santa's the key to doing this. So I'm going to go after him. I yeah. love it too when he finally gets up there and he tell you know he tells Santa, and Santa's like, "You're going to poke your eye out, kid." And then he's like, "Oh no, my mother must have gotten to him." <laughs> Speaking of that, that scene. I like I love that scene, but the the elf's costumes, particularly that thing hanging down yes. in front of the house, bugs the crap out of it's me. It's very disturbing. Mm -hmm. really. I don't like that, and and it's re it's it's echoed in the in the uh, fantasy scene uh, where yeah. where the witch and, and his mother comes in with a with a hat, although she has four spikes. Yeah. And, and and I think there's two senator. I think there's two really neat uh, uh, mentionable costume elements. One is Farkas's hat. Yeah. yeah, which has that little yeah. wolf's head right in the front, and I think yeah. that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, but the but the but the elf things yeah. bugs me. It's very yeah. distracting, and even the even the and elf it, kept trying moving it out of her face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I just don't know if that helped the movie, or I don't know what you guys think about that. I think it just shows like just the slap shot, you know, department store, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, the whole I, thing. Like, it's like if he thinks I'm gonna work a minute past nine, he's got to kiss my foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like they're just shotgunning kids through. Right, right. You know? And they were at the, the, the two play, people that play the elves are actual were actual Higs, Higby's elf. So they uh, probably wear the real costumes. Well, they, they might have been. Yeah. Yeah. So, they're probably it. that bad, which makes it even better. Yeah. You know? Well, I think it makes sense because what they're trying to do is juxtapose like everybody, the, the, the wide-eyed dream of Santa versus the reality of this guy who's just yeah. trying to get out of there at nine and, and everybody there is cynical and they're overworked yeah. and they're irritated and they're stressed out and they're yeah. done. And I, I like that. That's probably part of that for me. It's just like, it's, just, a, it's also surreal. It's supposed to be very surreal and off-putting to the kids as they're going up there. Because they all scream, which is all kids <laughs> do that. They always scream when they finally meet Santa Claus and they're shoved down. You know, it's it's not yeah, a fun guy, moment for a lot of kids. That guy kicks Ralphie down the slit. The, yeah, the like, slit. Yeah, 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 he puts yeah. his foot on his head. And yeah. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. Just shoot your That's like a lawsuit waiting to happen nowadays. <laughs> oh, no. no, they, no, they, no. they didn't care about yeah. that. I mean, back then. Plus, let's just talk about how strange it was to have a slide as the way to get kids down. Well, that, I think that, that was just, the real. They said that's the real. That, that was the real setup. Strange. Oh, I think it was. I mean, they, they had, had these slide there. stuff. Up. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> By the way, had I had I been at Higby's <laughs> and gone up there, you know, yeah. everybody, every town had their Higby's. You know, in 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 our area, it was in Youngstown. It was Strauss and mm-hmm. uh, McKelvey's, mm-hmm. and that, but it was always the same setup. Yeah. And uh, Higby's was the big one in in Cleveland, but everybody had their local. There were no malls. Man, this is well. We grew up. We the mall had the big. I right. mean, a huge. Yeah. I mean. Yes. That like a very. I mean, they had like a whole city. I mean, right. seeing this part was. I mean, it was elaborate. But I mean, you would have died. To yeah. Be able to go down that slide, and the slide when you're that size is three fifteen stories tall. It's right. Maybe fifteen feet tall, but you think it's you know. Five buildings tall, mm-hmm. so it was. Um, yeah, that's another part of the nostalgia that you know you guys just have a little different take on. Yeah, yeah. no, that's true. That's true. Like uh, our, our uh, take on that is going to be a little bit different because we grew up in the mall era. You know, mm-hmm. we were late in the middle yeah. of that. But I mean, it was the same thing. I mean, it was mall, the same. Mall's yeah. is a glorified department yeah, mall's store. Mall's glorified. It's, it's, you know, a, it's yeah, a new downtown. Yeah, 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 it is. I mean, they had. Uh, um, you didn't have the parade, which. Brings up another one of my pet peeves, which is the <laughs> the uh, monkeys from Oz attacking Mickey <laughs> Mouse. <That's> so <laughs> yeah, but it seemed to all work out in the end. It did, and I think is that like weren't those parades for Christmas like that stuff they're making fun of? Though weren't they all kind of slap shot back then? And they just well, mixed franchises the local together. Ones were, I mean, the, the, that's why. Right, yeah, Macy's is all time. Macy's yeah, is that's very right. slap shot though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, Ma- Macy's be- has become this. Broadway let's promote NBC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's promote. But yeah. but in the old days, it was just a bunch of drunks carrying balloons. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but exactly. Old, yeah, yeah. But Santa came in. Now now our local. I never saw a Christmas parade in my life except on TV. Yeah. So I mean, there might have been one in Youngstown. They had the Halloween parade in Niles where we grew. The up. Halloween and actually yeah. they, they still have that. Yeah. Yeah. But. Which was um, very annoying the other day when I was trying to get some. Well, I think it's, <laughs> Christmas was a huge deal, and at this, I mean, it still is, but it's much different, you know. Like this was the pinnacle, especially for the kid. I, I think that's the thing that you can relate to is the excitement he has over scheming to get this Christmas gift. Yeah. And uh, I think everybody has a gift that mm-hmm. they wanted that they never got for Christmas. Or maybe that they did get, but it was a similar kind of yeah. tale of, like, I know, I have a, there's a gift that comes to mind where my dad tricked me and hid it behind and gave it to me last, just kind of similar to the to the rifle. It was, I think, 1994, and I was about eight, I was like, you know, same age, and I really wanted that game Simon. It was an electronic, like, memory yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And it was pretty expensive at the time, because it was an electronic game, and, you know, there were three of us girls, so... That was what I really, really wanted, and um, of course we opened up all our gifts. I didn't get it, and I, you know, it, I wasn't really disappointed or anything. I just thought, oh well, I, I knew it was kind of pricey, and I didn't really know if I'd get it or not. And then afterwards, I don't know if um, I think my dad was kind of proud that I had kind of a good attitude about it, you know. And he surprised me, and he brought out Simon from like behind the couch, and it was wrapped up. And he's like, oh, we have one last gift for you. And I saw the square box, and I thought, oh no, is this Simon? And I opened it up, and it was Simon, and I was all excited. And so that was very much sort of like the Ralphie moment that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you never forget that. And mm-hmm. 
and as an adult, you know, when you have kids, that's something I think you definitely want to pass down and, and do yeah. for them too, because there's so much universal joy in that. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you on that. Like, uh, like there's just certain little things that you remember as a kid, and a lot of it, like memories I've had, are like with toys I received for Christmas or something like that. You know, yeah. it's 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 that kind of thing that triggers a lot of memories. Or if you see, like uh, Tony and I like to go to this thing called the uh, Saturday Morning Cartoon mm-hmm. series at uh, at the Gateway it. Film Center in Columbus, and they play a lot of these vintage '80s, '70s, '90s mm-hmm. cartoons, and they'll play vintage commercials. Yeah. And I have vivid memories of seeing some of these things as a kid, yeah. and it brings you right back to being yeah. a kid. So those things are very powerful yeah. images for and, childhood. You know, I think there's something about when you turn thirty. You know, after your 20s, because your 20s is a time of you're still very much grown up and you're in college and you just have a different mindset. But then when you transition into your 30s, many people at this point are married and having their own, starting their own families or you're just growing a little bit older. You kind of um, latch on to those younger years and you realize how significant they were and how important it was and how grateful you are for your parents and your family. And, and there's just something kind of internally that happens so I really love going to see the cartoons and, you know, like, um, I love the 90s. I'm very nostalgic about the time period in which I grew up in, mostly because it brings you back to those fun memories of just being a kid and not having to worry about life. Were you allowed to come down before your parents on Christmas? Was I allowed to come down? Yeah, were you allowed to come down and look at your presents or did you have to get your parents first? We always woke up, we always woke them up first, but we would get up super early. We'd get up at like 4 a.m. Oh, we'd wow. be so excited. We'd get up and usually we'd run down and if we'd see the presents, we wouldn't open anything, but then we would run up and wake up dad and... Because um, Ralphie and and, um, and and Randy came down first, but then yeah. they were called, followed closely by... I forget, we, we made you guys wake us up. Yeah, I don't know if we always complied with that, but I think well, we... <laughs> I think as a kid, you're curious, and you look, uh, yeah. we never uh, opened anything well, you're, until... You're, we didn't open anything yeah. until you guys are down. I don't think you, we ever... I would I would sneak down and look, get excited, yeah. and run back up. Which well, is yeah. which is kind of like a trailer for your... <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, we... But that's part... Of, I think that's part of the fun of being a kid, is you... Yeah. You sneak you, around. You sneak yeah. around, and you just kind of... You think you're getting away with something? I mean, we yeah. we saw you know a video of one of our you know it's just that mm-hmm. that thing where yeah. you just you think you're you have that kind of you give yourself those moments that you think you're fully free to do whatever you want, right? Yeah. And no one knows about it, and then you go back. But it's completely innocent. I mean, there's yeah. really yeah, no. It, and yeah. I think that's one of the great scenes in the movie too, where they come down and you know this is mine. This you know Randy said yeah. this is mine. This yeah. is mine. Where oh, are this? Right. Is? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but we, uh, my sister Mary, my other sister Mary, uh, shout out to Mary and David, my brother. <laughs> uh, we always had to get our parents up first, and I never, I I didn't want to know anything. I wanted to be surprised, and you know you're, you, I don't, I can't remember when I stopped. Mm-hmm. Wanting to believe, you know, mm-hmm. you always, you, you don't know whether to believe in Santa Claus or not. You don't give it up totally because you don't want to take yeah. that risk. It is, it is yeah. a risk. But we always went down, and everybody had their own pile on the couch or uh-huh. whatever. And, and uh, that was a good. But we were very disciplined around it. I can't mm-hmm. remember getting surprised. I was like not. A, well, I always knew. I knew where Mom had the groups, and I can when she was. You know, I get home before I work. I could go in the closet and I look at all my gifts. And I know what I'm getting. And, but I would build up this excitement for it. I mean, she, the fact that she didn't try very well, hard. Yeah. When she listens to this, she's going to find that out. That is it. I she knew. But she snuck 
Yeah. I never did. She's the least juvenile delinquent person in the world, and your mother yeah. would sneak down, and she she talk, she brags about how she'd break into the attic or whatever she did and found out where their parents were. I, I never did. Those are innocent things that you, yeah. you, you feel like you're... Um, you know, I just had no self-control, basically. Yeah. Once I knew it, where it's like, how can you... Not <laughs> right. You know where they are. You know what's... Now, uh, now, let me... You never... I bet you never... Sn- Sean talked... No, 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 no. Sean found them at uh-huh. Grandma's house. That's that's what broke the whole... Sean found them at Grandma's house. Sean coincidentally found them at Grandma's house. house. Uh, okay. Because they were hidden in her bathroom. And her bathroom was huge. It was like, <laughs> yeah. it was like a furnace and a basement and, and Sean a bathroom the ba- together. Okay. So, just to put this in perspective, so... It was that year that this happened. It was like 1987, I think. Yeah. And it was like the first year, I think, I was 10. Somehow I found out at 10 years old that there was no Santa Claus officially or something like that. And I said, well, if there's no Santa Claus, it's like, we get you all your gifts, but don't tell your brother about it. <laughs> so, well, here. So, I, your mother. so, Grandma, we were staying at Grandma's place around that time. And I think... They were hidden there because we were in the process of moving. We, at were, that built, time. we were, yeah, building were building a house. house yeah. <laughs> so I look over and I'm like, there's all these gifts over there. I'm like, oh, these look like gifts I've asked for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I put two and two together. I think I mentioned it to Scott. Like, wow, those those look like Scott. I think I, I think I did tell you. That there, did I tell you that there's no Santa Claus? Was I the one who? No, you showed. You just showed me. You didn't have to tell me. I mean, I was pretty. You had you had you had evidence. It wasn't. It, you didn't have to say a word. Well, Ralphie, I mean, we, oh saw the bag. we saw the bag because we. Oh, yeah. The, you we saw the Grandpa's big, bag. Yeah. yeah, we had a, yeah. We had a Christmas Eve where we get gifts from all our family members on my mom's side, and they would. We would. You guys would hire a Santa Claus. Or get your, fa- your grandfather. Your grandfather to play, or my uncle. Or your uncle. I don't. I, I think at one point I, I didn't look for gifts every year or something like that. Though after because, a while it loses yeah. its. Well, because I I just thought well it's but more fun just to find you out what you're getting. Nostalgic for not. Knowing. Yeah, you do. Yeah, exactly. you do. But, yeah, I think that lasted for like a year or two. See, I have two other sisters, so I was. It was just ruined for me. I knew early yeah. on there was no Santa Claus. Well, Ralphie believed I think be, yeah. because the whole yeah. the whole pivotal plot point here is that Ralphie's. You know the juxtaposition. It's it starts when he's getting ready to see Santa, and then it has this flashback. This whole long flashback to where he decides that the only way, the only path to getting the yeah. BB gun is uh, Santa Claus, and you know, e- even through the, the the evil elves and everything else and the cynical Santa, he does. I don't. I think he still believes in Santa at the point where. Well, I think it's interesting. He he goes to Santa as a last resort. It's not even his first resort. Which for a kid for Christmas, you think that'd be the first thing you'd. Yeah. If you believe Santa Claus existed, you would be going. That's true. Maybe to Santa. He was just hoping Santa would come through. Yeah. So it's kind of odd that he didn't go to Santa for the first place. But it's more fun from a plot, <laughs> from yeah. a plot construction yeah. to, to lead up to Santa Claus. This well, is... his mother was an interesting target. Yeah. And that's another great performance. Oh, Melinda yeah. Dillon's fantastic in this movie, and uh, she she she's great because like there is a. She's a, a lot, uh, she's a kid herself in a lot of ways. Like yeah. you know, the piggy scene where she and Ralphie are eating yeah. to get you know, encouraging uh, Randy to eat all the food, and just the way she manipulates her husband because she hates the lamp. Yeah. So while he's working on the furnace, she ac- accidentally quote unquote breaks the lamp. Uh, so there's an ordinariness to her. But you know she's very much the quintessential mom too. Like she's always she's always taking care of the kids. As much as Ralphie sees yeah. her as a threat to his BB gun, 
the irony is she's probably his biggest supporter in every single aspect of this movie. She's always looking out yeah, for she, him. Yeah. She provides air cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and she's, uh, you know, Farkas is laying on the ground bleeding, and she never even looks at Farkas. She nah. just grabs her son and takes him out. Yeah. And she's more... She's more disturbed when he lays an F-bomb than she was when her child was abducted in another movie that we're familiar with. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, you know, like when her kid dropped, her kid, her kid, her, her younger child walks off an alien spaceship. In Close Encounters of the Third Kind. In Close Encounters yeah. of the Third Kind. Yeah. And she says, oh, welcome home, and then starts pick, taking pictures of Richard Dreyfuss, who's abandoning his family. Yeah. She's more concerned about Ralphie's dropping an F-bomb than yeah. she is about her kid coming back. For, and never mind. Well, no, no, that makes sense. <laughs> well, it's Richard Dreyfuss. Like, we all know Richard Dreyfuss has yeah. that, that, that mean, alluring power yeah. like a vampire. As far as Tony's concerned, that, that's where he belongs. Yeah. <laughs> I hear Richard Dreyfuss, and I, I, I zone know. out. <laughs> That's a, I mean, both. I think both are great, but um, yeah, I think she the the age difference between them is interesting. But they have great chemistry. It, I mean, it's perfect. You know, they um, they they fit that mold of what you would think the the Midwestern middle class. I don't even know if they're middle, they're working class. Well, they're yeah, they're they're, they're, mid, they're I mean, everybody in mid, they're working let's, class. Let's face it, every, everybody yeah. in the Midwest is working class, whether you're upper <laughs> class or not. And, and there's yeah. three things we don't know. Yeah. We don't know her first name. We don't know his first yeah. name, and yeah. we don't know what he does for a living. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I get the impression he's a salesman or something. Maybe? Yeah, he has. He wears a suit. I, yeah. He does wear a suit. Okay. He's. I don't think he's a factory worker. Uh-uh. He comes home with f- f- well, what, 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 another great line, you know. The the purple the purple dusk was coming, so I knew my father would be home soon. You know. Right. Yeah, I do think he's some sort of sales. I, I would think sales. Yeah, yeah. Or the way he negotiated for that yeah. Christmas that's tree. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That tells yeah. you right there he's a salesman. One of those trees yeah. that loses all. Their, no, that's them balsams. But that's what's great about this movie. There's all they this mystery. Mm-hmm. It's definitely from a kid's point of view because a kid yeah. wouldn't really know what his dad. And does. it doesn't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Gene Shepard, I read a quote where he said that the old man he, he imagined was at 10 years old was like in pool halls hustling already. Like, you know, that he kind of went through the pool halls and stuff. But it doesn't fit for me. No. Nah. Because he's cartoonish at times. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems very unaware, honestly. Yeah. He's and not her reactions good. to him are absolutely are very in, inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, when. The fragility thing, yeah, and, and the whole the opening lamp sequence and the later lamp sequence, and how yeah. she handles him and how she manipulates around Ralphie having the fight. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, uh, yeah I think that that's true. Like, I I think uh, they have an interesting dynamic. Well, they're a couple. They're a couple. You know, and they get frustrated with each other, but they're still standing by each other at the end of the day. You know. Well, I think too, as a mom, it's like you know the way your husband's going to react to something, and I think that's why she handled the situation the way she did at the dinner table. Because she knew this, this, that that fight wasn't that serious, and that, you know, but she probably knew how he was going to respond to it, and mm-hmm. thought, oh, you know what, it's not worth it. It's kind of like pick your yeah. battles type yeah. thing. Yeah. So I think it was kind of... Well, she was still honest with him, too, because she yeah, still told exactly. him that fight yeah, did occur, and then got him distracted that's, immediately that's, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's ma- I mean, it was masterful. Yeah. She you know, Ralphie had a fight today. Oh, 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 and then it's basically, you know, look, there's a bird. And you go, oh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a bear. So there's clone the chipmunks. You know? Well, yeah. it's almost like he's like, I'm supposed to be mad at this, but he doesn't really care, ultimately. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, I got tons of... I mean, that's, I think, because he got him a BB gun. He's probably saying, I got in tons of fights, but I have to... Right. 
She just gave him the opportunity to forget about it. Well, the Randy yeah. under the sink scene is another scene that tells a lot because the first time, it's do you want to come out? No, but Daddy's uh, Daddy's going to kill Ralphie. No, he's not going to kill. Do you want something to drink? She gives him milk, closes the door again. But then when the dad's home, yeah. it's no nonsense time. She yeah. goes then she yeah. makes us and, yeah. and Randy knows yeah. it's time to come out from under the yeah. sink. Which is a, a situation you know well because you were under the sink. I was under that sink yeah. just yesterday, although I didn't get milk. But yeah. I wouldn't have drank the milk anyway because yeah. I don't like milk. <laughs> Do you think, uh, I get the sense like, uh, like I think both parents love both kids, but you kind of get the sense that the old man and Ralphie are close and that the mother and Randy are close. That seems to be like the... Maybe the Although Randy's on the, I, Randy's on the shoulders at the parade. Yeah. I mean, it, well, and the yeah. car scene. Well, he gets more irritated by Randy's antics, and the mom kind of encourages them a little yeah. bit. Well, you know, the, like piggy, the flights of fancy. The Randy piggy scene. Everybody is universally, you know, everybody's <laughs> yeah. ready to smack. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the point of the scene, really? But yeah. I think, you know what? That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think maybe Ralphie is a lot is is more like the old man, <laughs> so I think they're similar natured, but. Um, I think the old man is just kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of like it was. I mean, I know that there was a little bit of this even in my house growing up. For whatever reason, because the dad goes to work and comes home, there's this, there's like this, this uh, invisible fear that moms instill their kids about their dads. Even if their dad's the nicest, kindest, most gentle-natured person, there's still this, if you don't get your room clean by the time your dad comes home, or I'm going to tell your father about this, and that's a very old-fashioned um, tactic that people used to do back then, and so I think we've seen some of that being employed here. It's but called I, propaganda, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I don't necessarily think it's a reflection of the dad, you know, being mean or spirited or, or whatnot, but I kind of get the impression that, that everybody in this family has their roles. They're defined, and they know what they are. You know, the dad is the dad, the mom is the mom, Ralphie's the older brother, and Randy's the younger brother, and they're the kids. So you have the adults, and then you have the kids, because in the scene where the tire goes flat, I uh, remember a few seconds afterwards, Randy's mom says, the mom says, why don't you go out there and help out your dad? And Ralphie goes, oh, the first time it's ever been suggested for me to help my dad. That's his excitement of being introduced into getting older a little bit. You yeah. Know, where, yeah. Where he's transitioning now. Um, so, but, and of course, he fudges that up. <laughs> well, mother, mother, mothering is... is Kind of universal too, because it's you know it's it's great when it's you know who you know the question to Ralphie who told who's taught you that word or where did you hear that word yeah. and he said I've heard that word at least ten times a day from <laughs> my, my father man. since the time yeah. my, when they were man. man but um, so she calls you know Swar- Mrs Schwartz mm-hmm. and says <laughs> where did you where did you hear that word. Where do you think you heard that word? He said, from his father? <laughs> yeah, from his father. Yeah, yeah everybody. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, from no, your well. son. And, and the reaction wasn't, no, I, you know, his, his father says it all. The re- reaction from Mrs. Schwartz was to scream and then start beating the crap out of her kid, which yeah. uh-huh. in the 50s and 40s was the way it was yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. people didn't curse and swear. I mean, people certainly didn't speak the way they do now. Plus, no. you, plus you, you, didn't, you didn't ask your kids whether they did something about that. You just punished yeah. yeah. them. If, 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 I would come home, you know, and this is in the 50s and 60s, if I would come home and say, I got, you know, I got smacked in school today, which happened back then, I get smacked again, and it wouldn't be, why'd you get smacked? It was, if you got smacked, you must have done something wrong yeah. for me to give you just smack, too. My yeah. mother used to say, go get a wooden spoon so I can smack you. She <laughs> you hit were me in the ass once. <laughs> I, she broke the spoon, and she gave me a whipping for breaking her spoon. Yeah. We used to have chats in my household with my mom, which consisted of, 
me sitting like this with my church on leaning on the back of the toilet in the bathroom and mom whipping me with the belt <laughs> if I did something bad that was the chat and you never wanted to have a chat but that was like code if we were out in public and we were acting out mom would say do you do we need to have a chat mm -hmm. oh no we don't need to have any chats today mom it's okay <laughs> but that was like her code for that was the chat and she also did soap a few times um I was I was usually pretty good Jackie kind of was mouthy um so sometimes Jackie would, you know, say things or whatever. I would only get really mouthy if, well, I was kind of mouthy at my stepmom, but that goes without saying. Yeah. Step-parents. No, mm -hmm. The pecan, what well, was it, the pecan, like, the life boy? Well, or, yeah. I wasn't mouthy. I was, I was kind of, like, defensive. Like, she was very condescending, and I don't like to be, I don't like people to condescend me. I'm a pretty intelligent person, and um, I don't know. She just didn't have a, a very natural or good way of handling situations with kids and she wasn't my real mother so we didn't have a bond it was different so sometimes I would kind of speak up a little bit and say no I didn't do that or or that's inaccurate like if she would tell dad something I'd be like that's false yeah I thought you know, her, that's I, not how it went down yeah I thought I thought um the ma, ma, the mother's reactions were very genuine mm -hmm. matter of fact we found out you know in yeah, you know, what was the, the the Chinese restaurant scene? Yeah, the Chinese yeah. restaurant scene was very much a, a one take uh, mm -hmm. uh, improvisation. Actually, like they didn't like Munda Dillon was not shown the script for that scene, so all of her action, reactions in that scene are authentic in the moment to the Chinese restaurant. Yeah, and we watched it last night with that in mind, and it changes. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, yeah. an, it's an interesting way to look at that scene. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's laughing through most of it, like spontaneously laughing at a lot of the things that are happening. Like he hacks off the uh, well, duck's Even Darren McGavin starts laughing, and you can see he puts his hand over his face, and then yeah. he gets back in the character, you know, because he's yeah. it doesn't work if he doesn't stay in his character, because, you know, the kids are all looking at her, the kids especially Raffi, and he, she, he keeps telling uh, Randy... You can see him whispering stuff in Randy's ear the whole time. Randy's not really working, looking because he's so young. He's probably just right, like, but yeah. she shrieks in yeah. horror and, and <laughs>, laughs at the same in the yeah. same yeah. milliseconds. It's mm -hmm. it's a really it's a really neat scene. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that the twenty four hour uh, when TBS plays it for twenty four hour. It's the most watched cable show that day. Oh wow! On Thanksgiving. Uh huh. And they have the viewership. I it was Thanksgiving. Yeah. Where it's peak, so five million people watch it at eight when it first comes on. Mm -hmm. Then, at ten a.m. is five million people watch it again. I mean, it, it gets good ratings though. I it's, mean, it gets, it's, but it's it's a bunch of vignettes, so you can kind of come in in the middle yeah, yeah. at any time. Well, it's constructed yeah. by like vignettes, like you have people know. Like the tongue gets stuck on the uh, pool, right. you know, and everybody knows that. Or the Ovaltine segment where he's decoding yes. the the Ovaltine yeah. message uh, uh, for a little orphan Annie. Yeah. Uh, the like the lamp, the whole episode of the lamp is is they're all kind of vignettes within yeah. the movie. You know, the movie doesn't have this really straight plot line. You know, mm. it's just about. I mean, it's about getting that red red or BB gun. That's basically the the thread that keeps it all together. And I think I think showing it on Thanksgiving is really brilliant because. Thanksgiving is the first holiday that introduces us into the holiday season, and people are kind of getting in the spirit of the season. And, and well, it's, it's a great actually shown on Christmas Day. They show it on Thanksgiving too. They used to anyway. No, I don't know if they still step. do. Yeah, <laughs> I know for a fact they used to. I don't know if they, they still might have do, now, but, they've, but since 1997, they've shown it on. Uh, they show a marathon on TV, uh, right, TNT, right. and then it's TBS now. 
on on Christmas Day. Yeah. Okay. I will say this: like when the when I was first introduced to the movie, it was in the late eighties. So I know, this week, like, like, because uh, I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> but in the late '80s, like we watched it on video, and then sporadically would see it in syndication occasionally. Like, oh, remember this movie? This is a great movie. And I would start seeing it more and more frequently in syndication mm-hmm. on all these different local stations and stuff. And then finally, it built up to TNT. And I remember people started talking to me more and more every year about the movie. So it was this long word of mouth hit that took place over time from like the late '80s, early yeah. '90s, when it really took off as a, as a favorite. I think. It seems yeah. to be like the period when it really it, it's, hit it's, its stride. It really kind of uh, like like the mother insinuating herself between the lamp and the in uh, the boys. It insinuated itself into the mainstream of the holiday genres. Yeah, and you know it's it's the you have to watch The Grinch. Yeah. You have to watch um, Rudolph in the holidays. You have yeah, to watch. Uh, you know, I, you don't. I don't think you have to watch Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, and I'm not sure you have to watch It's a Wonderful Life anymore. Yeah, well, hey, here's the hey, Maris poll of what adults. It's say on TV a, last night. Oh, what's that? So the Maris poll of adults' favorite Christmas shows are: twenty six percent say The Christmas Story is their favorite holiday movie, twenty four percent said It's a Wonderful Life, sixteen uh, percent said It's Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Thirteen percent says White Christmas. Thirteen mm, percent say it's A Christmas Carol. Oh, A Christmas Carol. And nine percent say they are unsure. Yeah, that old classic Christmas Carol yes. with uh, one of those British guys. <laughs> now, go ahead. There's an age gap. Okay, so nearly oh. four in ten adults under forty-five years old, thirty-nine percent currently prefer A Christmas Story, while thirty-one percent of Americans forty-five and older say It's a Wonderful Life. There you go. So. Yeah. It's kind of a tie. But those time. two movies, It's a Wonderful yeah. Life and A Christmas Story, are the two. The, 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 the original Miracle on 34th Street is yeah. a great movie, and with a great performance, uh, several great performances. Uh, and then they have the actual Macy's and Gimbals, which, which, which helps out. Uh, but this, this, to me, is... Yeah, the Christmas Carol story is so timeless. I mean, mm-hmm. they've done so many renditions of it. Yeah. What's Muppets, the Christmas Carol? There's there's no definitive version of yeah, the Christmas Carol on film. Yeah, that could be five movies. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't have a definitive cinematic version. Yeah. Like you know, there's the book, but I mean, they had oh, Mr. Magoo's for... Christmas Carol. I remember the that's Disney... the first time I saw it. No, yeah. that mine is that '40s British one. I know um, the one you're talking it's about. It's black right. and white, yeah. and it's yeah. it's it's it. I can't remember. It basically imprints it on you. you know? <laughs> My first uh, introduction to the Christmas Carol was in kindergarten when we watched Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Yes! <laughs> I, that's in that box that I have. Yeah, that, that was Mr. crazy because it's not. That's like the last like, kind of a left field way of introducing I yourself liked it, to that though, story. Mr. Magoo is a great like Scrooge type. What the hell character. kind of box set? <laughs> I have a box set of all the classic um, Christmas movies, like the cartoon. So it has the claymation Rudolph, <laughs> the Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> I think it had the Frosty Return. So basically, anything that somebody could buy for $10, a license for $10. The Kris Kringle. What's the Kris Kringle one? Santa Um, Claus is Coming to Town. That's it. Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Sean, that's like the Rhino Records collection of uh, Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, he borrowed it. (laughs) I did. I did borrow it. I did borrow it. it. And we just watched Rudolph the other Rudolph. I mean, Rudolph is my one of my... Rudolph is... Great. And then Mr. Uh Magoo's Christmas CD, the DVD was also included, oddly enough, in that collection. Well, well, the the, the interesting question is... Tour guide asked yesterday, yeah. and it, it got me thinking. What's your favorite scene in the movie? Mm-hmm. In, in the in the Christmas story movie, I don't. 
I don't know that I have one. I would say, like, uh, that's tough for me. Uh, there are certain lines of dialogue oh, that stand out for me. Uh, that, that I could list, like, several of them. And I think of a sequence, I'd probably say, like, the whole lamp sequence. The the mm-hmm. first half when he the, the lamp arrives, and then the second half when uh, she breaks the lamp, I, I like. But especially when the lamp arrives, I think that's probably my favorite And the favorite classic scene. line in that whole sequence. <laughs> the line where he's interacting with the guy at the door, like, what is it? I don't know. What could it be? And the guy shrugs <laughs> the immediately. Guy shrugs. Like, he's just like, he's like, get off my back. You know, I, I just, just told you. I don't know. Yeah. And then he said, be very careful, and they drop it for, like, the last foot. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and, the, and the end of that scene is when the... He's, uh, it could be anything in there. And he starts digging through <laughs> the, the box. It's a yeah. leg. It's, it's, it's art. I like the one size fits all packaging. Like they just yes. we have one big fret, you know, one big uh, wooden box, and, and you know, stra- whatever you order. And the straw flies everywhere. Yeah, which is another kind of cartoonish part of the scene. There's two cartoonish parts there in McGavin. One is when he's throwing the straw everywhere, and the other one is when she yells at him with the turkey, and he runs out the door uh-huh. like yeah. he's like he's fleeing from the Nazis yeah. or something like that. Um, I like the line that Ralphie says too during that part when he says something like, Dad was consumed by art. <laughs> yeah, I like that line too. Something to that effect. It's just really offbeat. The other, the other overcome line. by art. Yeah, overcome, overcome by, by art. art. Yeah. The other great line in that scene is uh, <laughs> the end of it, which is, uh, isn't somebody's favorite radio station on? To which Ralphie replies. Oh, I okay. That yeah, the only thing that could uh, keep me from the, the glow of electric sex, <laughs> the glow of electric sex gleaming in the window. <laughs> Was, was Orphan Annie, yeah, and that's, then of course, that's my I favorite. I like the part with Orphan Annie when he's like, oh, Pierre's in great voice tonight. <laughs> yeah. Must be an important message. <laughs> the okay, kids. Uh, and I love the, the pirate ship radio program that they give you a bit of, which is yeah. completely incoherent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just like... <laughs> and he's like about pirates. Yeah, that's pirates and smuggling. You know. Well, and that's also a very cartoonist, too, because when Ralphie's decoding it, he's got his tongue flailing everywhere, and he's like... Yeah. And he's making like almost these very cartoonish faces. Yes, you know, you know what I'm he talking is. About? Yeah. He's just getting really well, the whole excited. sequence is great because Randy's trying to get to the bathroom. Mother keeps calling him to get out of the bathroom. He's like, "Oh, hurry up, hurry up!" Because all the tension's building, yeah. so he can finally decode this quickly. And when he finds out it's an advertisement, he goes, "Son of a bitch!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only real, the only real swear word in the whole movie. Oval yeah. Thing. Son of a bitch. Oval oh, what, what are your favorite scenes uh, in the movie? Um, man. I mean, it's the whole thing. I mean, we haven't talked about Flick getting his tongue stuck to the... I mean, just the whole, you know, he skipped etiquette and went straight for the double dog. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, I love that. that whole exchange. Yeah, the narration there is great. Well, that's the thing. The Gene Shepard narration, where you're just watching this just basic human, what all kids do, but yep. the way he describes it... Um, it's this very wry, dry, you know, humorous, you know, kind yeah. of intellectual take on the yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, it's very intellectual. It's something that's just... Literary, and, and, yeah. you and know. His, and his tongue's really stuck to that pole. Yeah. I, I found out later they did it with a vacuum, so he didn't, you know. Yeah. But, but and, and then how, and then in that scene, how everybody kind of abandons him. The bell rang, you know. Yeah. It's, 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 the, like, I'm sorry, the, yeah, the bell rang. Can't the be bell rang. Well, it's every kid for himself, the whole movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, the bully, he attacks the bully, the other kid runs away. Yeah, and then he, and then he gets in trouble for the, the fudge, and he, he throws his yeah, friend under the bus. Yeah, he throws Schwartz under the bus. I mean, it's just like constant, and they don't, you know, none of those kids are going to take anything... They don't, they're still friends, they don't, you know, yeah. they, there's no, yeah, no just, harm, no foul, yeah, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which, I, uh, one of the scenes we haven't talked about yet that always cracks me up, 
because I was extremely vivid like this when I was a child. I was always dreaming up different scenarios and things. I like Ralphie's dream sequences. The one, especially the one where he's blind and he comes down oh, the door yeah. and he's, he's dressed in the top hat and the glasses. And, and the rest of the cast just commits fully yes. to those. Yes. What did we do to you, Ralphie? Was <laughs> it because of us? And he's like, I'm blind. I'll make it or whatever. I'll survive or whatever. And it's just so over the top and goofy. They're like, what happened? He's like, I went blind from the soap. You know they cut it. They cut a Flash Gordon sequence, mm. fantasy dream sequence. sequence. Yeah, as fantasy sequence like that. That I'm not a real big fan of the fantasy sequences. The the black uh, the the black Bart one does uh, set the whole tone for why, and he comes out in that sparkly suit and everything else oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, I got all blue. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with Sean. It's it's more the little you know. It's more the the snippets of dialogue like. Uh, when when she gives him the bowling ball and you know you know she just drops it right in yeah. his lap and he goes, oh thank you and you know it's a blue ball she was funny on three different levels probably yeah, yeah it is because uh, a lot of it's just how it drops into his lap and he's recoiling when she he's still trying to make her feel good about giving him the gift and he's bowing over on his chair you know like with his eyes rolling behind his head yeah um, which is great. One thing I noticed when I watched this movie is that he's like Ralphie because he's a dreamer too. Yeah. If you think about it, he he gets the the thing about the award that's so that he wants is he wants to be somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes. He's not just changing the tire. He's changed the tire for the Indianapolis Five Hundred. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like everything is like he's fighting yeah. that furnace. You know? Yeah. You know, my dad's not. A, some people are Baptist. Some people are Catholic. My dad's an the old mobile man. <laughs> But you really don't know what that means because at the time he's cursing his car. You know? Yeah, he's cursing his car. But but it's but people it's, struck by the same type of car back then, yeah. right? You didn't. You weren't gonna if you buy an Oldsmobile. Yeah, no, no, there were. I mean, it was whatever dealership was kind of near your house. Yeah, there were Chevy dealers. There were there were Ford dealers, and 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 they were there were a lot of little dealerships, and they were all around. And then, and the cars changed every you know. Yeah, couple, and yeah. people. People develop loyalties to a brand much more than they do now. Yeah, they do. Except for maybe Apple. You know, it's yeah, the only yeah. analogy right now. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, it, it's it's um, the movie moves. There's not a whole lot of deads. You know, one of my you know I, yeah. I, when I talk about perfect movies like I think you, The Godfather one in Casablanca, I look at pacing and do I, does my attention get drawn along the mm-hmm. whole time? And this is one where it gets drawn a lot. I. I uh, and I think that's why it works on the marathon because if you come in at any point, mm-hmm. you're comfortable just going all in and yeah. doing it. And it's perfect because it's only an hour and thirty minutes, and right. then you add commercials, it's, mm-hmm. and they don't have to take anything out. They don't have yeah. to edit no. anything. No, I mean it's, an, there's it's a lot a, of natural yeah. breaks. Yeah, I mean yeah. yeah. Uh, so, two two uh, interesting uh, cameos in the movie, I think. Well, one was, uh, I think, Bob Clark, who said that the director was yes. uh, the neighbor that uh, goes up to Darren McGavin when they're talking about the lamp. When he's adjusting yes. the lamp in the window. Yes. Yeah. And he's not wearing 1940s out because it just, it was a last minute decision to have Oh, really? Wear. I didn't know that. He's wearing a Miami Dolphins hat. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't notice it because it doesn't matter. I mean, that's it a, doesn't it, matter because it, it, you, you, you're watching Darren McGavin. Yeah. You're not really paying attention to the guy next to him. You're just watching him get. 
It's know. a major award. Yeah. It looks like a it's a major me. award. <laughs> it looks like a major uh, and I think Gene Shepard is the guy at the at the line at Higby's, right? Yes, that exactly. tells tells Ralphie to go to the back of the line. No, the 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 line ends here. The line starts back there. His voice sounds different too. Yes, when it he's does. Talking. That's that's it the strangest does. part because he has such a distinct voice during the narration. Yeah. By the way, I have to put this shout out that Gene Shepard was also the the current narrator. He passed away in 1999, but his voice is still used. On the Walt Disney Carousel of Progress in, oh. uh, <laughs> in Tomorrowland, yeah. Walt Disney World. We're doing our uh, biennial pilgrimage to the Carousel of Progress <laughs> next month. So. Exactly. So he's involved with two great things, the Carousel of Progress and the Christmas Story, as far as I'm concerned. So. I always think about that song from um, An Affair to Remember. Do you know Tomorrowland? Whenever... <laughs> Do you ever remember that no. song from the <laughs> Yeah, my dad's not really an affair to remember. Uh, official what kind of wind uh, doesn't kind of flow? Awful. Yeah. Just Boom. shameful. So uh, how do you guys feel? that Does the movie still hold up? Uh, I, I think I know where the answer is going with this one, but does it hold up for you? Uh, what's your overall impression of it? Yeah, I think I, I definitely like it better the older I get. I can appreciate it more. Yeah, I mean, this is one of my favorite movies. I I grew up on it. I, I think I look... You can watch it over and over. I mean, we watch it twice this week and just mm-hmm. fall right into it. I think going to the, the house, you just watch it differently. You want to see where everything was shot. Um, but I think, especially growing up in Northeast Ohio, this fits perfectly with, you know, how, how I imagine you grew up to an extent. It was. Yeah, and... Uh, I mean, this is, it hits home a lot because a lot, you see, you know, Cleveland's only an hour away from where we grew up, so um, it's essentially the same terrain, same kind of, you know, you're walking out, it's cold in Christmas, but Christmas is a huge deal, mm-hmm. um, and everybody gets, you know, up for it, and um, it brings you back to that feeling of, you know, being excited for Christmas again, and how, yeah. you know, how it just took forever yeah. to get to Christmas, mm-hmm. I remember, but... Yeah, this is my this is my favorite Christmas movie um, because uh, everything just comes together. I think for the direction, the acting, the story. I mean, it's just I think it's just almost it's perfect for what it is you know trying to be. So I I agree. I I think the more I see it, the more I appreciate it. Uh, to to Tony and, and and Scott's points just now, it, going to see the house does does really enhance the experience of watching the movie, I think. But even without that, the, the acting is, is tremendous. The, the writing is superb. The dialogue is unique, I think. I, I can't think of another movie where, maybe The Princess Bride, where some of the phrasing is, is, is good. Um, the directing, uh, I, I, you know, Bob Clark, Gets a lot, of, you know. He's nominated for two Razzies, so there's there's not a lot of unanimity. Around. Well, a lot of that has to do with Porky's, yeah, Porky's. But, <laughs> which but, is strange when you think about movie, that. I think this movie is directed perfectly. I mean, the you know mm-hmm. Ralphie's expressions I and the fra- and expressions. the framing and everything else is really well done. This uh, something we haven't talked about. The soundtrack is great. Oh, the music and the stars. sound engineering is great. Yeah. So, um, I it's it's certainly within my probably my it's. It's my favorite holiday movie, but it might be one of my top ten movies. Hmm. 
Yeah, I, I uh, love this movie, and I think the narration, especially and just the juxtaposition of the narration with the events that are happening in the in the, in the film, I think had an influence mm-hmm. on me and how I approach certain things. Yeah. Uh, definitely, and I think this plays right into my wheelhouse. I love the nostalgia factor. Yes. I absolutely love, like, Garen, Darren McGavin and Melinda Dillon, you know, their, their performances uh, as the parents. I think the parents are probably my two favorite characters in the movie, although Ralphie is a great... Yeah, straight right. man. Yeah. You know, he's a great centerpiece to this whole, this whole thing. You know, it it, leads, it it begs the question: Would the movie be as classic or as memorable, or even as good, if it didn't have the narration? No, 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 not close. I don't know if you would have a movie without the narration. No, you don't have a movie it, without there would be no context at all for yeah. anything. Um, and I, I love the nostalgia flavor. So it, it hits this great hybrid for me of like, uh, like, like satirical comedy and like this mm-hmm. n- holiday nostalgia, and it kind of blends it together really well. And I had the fortune of actually watching this movie with a crowd the last two years. I saw it at Studio Thirty Five in Columbus with a with a pretty big crowd. Like I think it was around this around the first week of the holiday mm-hmm. season. And I did it this year at the the Ohio History Connection Center mm-hmm. in, yeah. in Columbus. And it's fun to watch with a crowd, especially last year with a big crowd at Studio 35, where people are reacting to the, you know, because you're watching with people who knew this this movie by heart and are taking their kids to see it and introducing their kids, which is to the point earlier, will it sold up? I think it will, because I think kids are starting to see it and laughing. I think they're finding things to laugh at in this movie. There must be something... That kids are—it must be just funny. I think that at the end of the day, yeah. I think it just works as a comedy. That's a, that's a great point. Parents won't mind taking their, showing their kids this movie because you can watch it more yeah. than once. Yeah, you can. can. Yeah, and I think just because it's based on a time period. I mean, it was nostalgic even in '83, so yeah. it's it's it's. But but the stuff stays funny. Yeah, a lot of the stuff stays funny, and it's a movie you can show to kids because they don't swear throughout the whole thing, and he, you know. I mean, it's a movie about swearing and getting in trouble for swearing, which kids still do. I mean, that's relatable. Uh, When you have something for Christmas, that's relatable. Um, uh, They still have Santa Claus in the malls and department Mm -hmm. stores that you go up to. I was was talking about, like, in the near future, like, my niece and nephew who are seven and five now, and they grow up and they have kids. Because they're going to grow up in such a different time. Yeah. There is no electronics in this movie. They Will they have the same childhood? Will they grow up in the same... They won't, as we do. No, like, there's going to be driverless you know, cars. Different. And different. Be- <laughs> well, the whole concept of Santa and the concept of walking to school and all these things they won't be able to relate to. So that's all I was saying is I worry about this movie being able to carry... There's a funny thing because I remember we watched a silent film. Uh, I forget what it was. Was it a Metropolis? Maybe not Metropolis. Or? It was a oh, it was Buster Harold, Keaton. Was it Harold Lloyd or Buster yeah. Keaton? Okay. Yeah, okay. Was... And, and and there was a joke in there about someone came in with an arm in a sling, and the guy's like, "What happened to you?" He's like, "I just bought a Ford." And you knew it was a joke. Yeah, yeah. But no one knew why. No one knew why. But and it was probably with the, the with the crank. crank, crank. Yeah. yeah. And um, okay. but now Fords are, are referred to as a kind of junky, unreliable cars. Yeah, so I know. That's probably why people laughed because well, people laughed because they knew it was yeah. it was a reference they did they didn't get. Yeah. It's obvious that well, they, they might have thought even though the guy was referring to the crank nowadays when they people hear something like that, it's because Fords are uh, they're not made well. Well, I, I think what so, people, th- same kind of thing. I yeah. think. But when we were in the theater, I think people were laughing because you knew that was a reference date. It was outdated. 
you know, because... I would have laughed because I would think, oh, Fords are junky yeah. cars. Mm-hmm. Well, Even still. Yeah. And this yeah. was how many years ago? Mm-hmm. Well, something you said just struck a note with me, which is, this is a completely secular film. Mm-hmm. It's never Christ and Christmas yeah. Yeah. ever mentioned. Mm-hmm. There's no... There's no religious overtones at all. It's all Santa, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mickey Mouse getting attacked yeah. by Wizard of Oz. Wizard I mean, you know, yeah. it's it's very. Well, let's face it. When you're growing up, I mean, when you're a kid, that's how you see. That's right, it. and that that's is. I think yeah. that's yeah. That's the point. That's, that's the whole point, point of the movie. You don't see like, that. You don't see that religiously. The, I think and there's the probably point. people that are upset by it, but that's, that's well, that the might truth. be part of the you know, maybe to Tony's point, maybe that's what keeps this thing. And maybe that's it. Yeah. It well, it, it's secular. Well, the cause... reason I made that whole point, I feel like I'm being ganged up on here. The reason I made that point was because you were talking about, in the very beginning, you were talking about relating to the movie, like walking to school and things like that. And that's what I'm saying. I don't think kids 30 years from now are going to be able to. No, I think to that. I think I agree with you. Like on listening that. to a radio. I agree with you. They're gonna. I mean, they have iPads right in front of them. Cars, they're not going to get it. Cars are going to be driverless in 20 years. Yeah. So. Talking about that's all I'm saying. I think it's a great movie, and I do think it holds up, and yeah. I think it's a great Christmas movie. I'm just saying, well, you know, I don't think kids 30 years from now are going to maybe get it as it's, well as. But we know they'll still have do. guns. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're going to be watching. <laughs> I think. I, I mean, reality TV is so popular now. I mean, there's just, yeah, you know, I just worry about maybe that. taste. Think, but people still like old movies. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to gain up on you. I'm just, I guess, saying the. Uh, I think. It will probably it won't be the same way we watch it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, like, the, I don't think, and I, I, I don't think I watch the same way that he can relate. He's like, oh, I know what those are, and it's like there's yeah. some things I, I mean, we uh, we went to the house and I asked what that washer thing was. Like I never saw that. Yeah. Well, I'll say on that note is when I was a kid and I remember watching this movie, I, I think there were certain aspects of it. Maybe the furnace, like didn't I couldn't relate to because that's not what we had at that time as yeah. a kid. We were modernized and for the right. '80s time, and I was like, okay, what, what's going on? But I think what happened with me is you became curious about the past through those kind of things. So I think if movies are a great um, gateway into history for a lot of people on the way people lived and culture. Right. So if you go, like, if you're watching A Winter Wonderful Life or a, a classic film like that, well, yeah. you have to be curious, first of all. If you're, you're kind of a guy that doesn't have any curiosity on any generation, you're probably not going to like this movie, yeah. like you said, for the reasons you mentioned. But I think in, intelligent people who have an interest in history... I think are always going to be drawn to stuff like this because these are really conduits into mm-hmm. the eras what you're studying. So if you're going to study the 1940s, you're doing it through a 1983 movie, but you, a historian might take note of that. Like, oh, this is how they lived and this is what they did. And they're, you know, this is what domestic life was like during that time, yeah. you know. Or uh, somebody might watch the Chaplin film or Harold Lloyd and like, oh, the Ford reference. That's interesting, you know. So I think there's value with that. But as far as it's just like an average person going to see it for a pop culture release, you know, that's the, to your yeah. point. Who knows? Who knows? That, that might not hold up for just the average guy that's just wanting to be entertained for two hours. It would be interesting to see, though, if they still play it 24 hours like they do now, if that, that holds up still. Yeah. It's still getting yeah. good ratings, but then again, all the people... I mean, because even though we grew up in a different time than your dad, it was still... Very similar. The principles yeah. and the elements of mm-hmm. how we grew up were still very similar to what we see in the Christmas story. Things are so different now for kids. Yeah, I think they are. So different. Like, I see it with my niece and nephew. That's the only reason why I say that, you mm-hmm. know? like, And it's just a different time. And that makes me a little sad because I, I worry is that excitement of Christmas and that excitement of Santa and that kind of thing really going to translate into the future. There's so much at your fingertip now. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's no one's fault. I if mean. I want something, <laughs> yeah. I order it online. 
no, I don't have to wait for Santa mystery, to give it to me. Mystery and delay of gratification were all part of Christmas when we grew up, and I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, that's I think that's and that's kind of what I meant by will it translate. Yeah. Will they get it waiting for a gift? You know, I mean, because... I mean, you don't we have to have wait. Yeah. You rarely have to wait on anything. If I want to hear a song, yeah. I'm going to pull it up on yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't have to wait to buy the CD. <laughs> You know, I mean, and sad. Amazon will deliver it. Everything's instantaneous in gratification. Yeah. You're right. There's no yeah. like holding period anymore. For Do kids something. have a longing for things anymore? Like he, Ralphie longed for that Red Ryder gift and had to wait until Christmas to get it, and then thought he didn't get it. Even you the know, inspiration for it, Tony, was the magazine ad, the and he look. talks about yeah. the, you know, and, and uh, the, the 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 origin story for this was mm-hmm. a originally a Playboy article, uh, then it became a book, then it became the movie, and in that. Uh, Playboy article it talks about the red, you know, seeing the Red, red Rider, Rider yeah. advertisement and how it just talked to him. Yeah, and the book was in God We Trust All Others Pay Cash, but yeah. Gene Shepard wrote, I think it was 66 was yeah. when it was published. It's funny how that was like about 15 years or like almost 20 years before the movie came out. That I guess day. now, like what, what, what reaches kids? Well, Commercials maybe? Yeah, uh, Bob Clark wanted to make this movie. Couldn't did uh, heard uh, actually the, the story he tells is he was going on a date he was listening to Gene Shepard on the radio told a story got enthralled with Gene Shepard's stories wanted to do this movie couldn't get any funding for it did Porky's and then to do Porky's to agree to do <laughs> Porky's too Porky. yeah to agree to do Porky's too he said okay but I have to do this Christmas story movie too so they gave him a couple of million bucks to do it uh, and. Tragically, Bob <laughs> Clark did not do Porky's three. He wasn't associated with it anyway. I just love that this movie was funded by Porky's money. Yes, you know, it was. It's and, and the only reason Porky's exists is so the Christmas story would exist. So we had to go through Porky's, okay. just like you said, with delayed uh, gratification. Yeah, we had to go through Porky's to, to get to the Christmas think, story. It's perfect to have a guy that did a movie like that do us. Because if it was any other person, it might have been too sentimental or too sappy. No, it was great. I mean, but it was this perfect. movie was pitch perfect. Yeah, and one, one, I do think it will. If if our generations like, if my sister and her husband, because I know Josh really likes this movie. I don't know if Jack really does or not, but um, if Josh shows Lila and Brody this movie when they grow up, then hopefully it will continue on. Yeah. and the re- and and I do think that this movie is timeless in a lot of ways because the dialogue is so intelligent and sharp. The dialogue is still relevant. The reactions are still relevant. Aside from viewing this from a 1940s perspective, you know, the dialogue and just the, the kind of like slapstick humor, which is probably why kids laugh when they see mm-hmm. it, they don't get the dialogue. There's no way they know what gleaming electric sex in a window is. <laughs> They're yeah. laughing because the way the dad is reacting. Yeah. You know, so it's still really yeah. funny. Um, so hopefully those elements of the movie will carry it on to future generations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, I want to thank my dad for joining us yeah, today. Yeah, thank you. I'm awesome. I'm honored and privileged to have been here. Finally. <laughs> finally, we got our father on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you have anything to plug, Dad? Before <laughs> No, I just tell me where to leave the money that you guys are <laughs> right, yeah. No problem. Well, we want to wish everybody a wonderful holiday season. Absolutely. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Happy birthday Hanukkah. to one of our... Uh, people at the table here today oh, thank you guys Absolutely. Happy birthday, tony. <laughs> and uh yeah definitely a happy birthday to tony and uh uh happy holiday season everybody and uh please know? come to yeah. uh to our website and uh twitter um I, I don't know if this will be published in time or not but uh 
Um, you know, we do have my show, mm-hmm. The Putts, that I directed, which is coming up like uh, this month as well as in February, hopefully. With mm-hmm. Scott and Tony, are both a yeah. part of that, as long as guests that have been on here, such as Josh Greenwald and Mark DeBerzio. So mm-hmm. uh, come out and check that out with us. And uh, like us on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Now, I had heard that word at least ten times a day from my old man. My father worked in profanity the way other artists might work in oils or clay. It was his true medium, a master.